Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. We have been in a series that we have called A Better Way. It is all focusing on how the way of Jesus, we believe, is better than the way of the world. So as we dive in, I just pray that you open up your heart and allow God to speak to you today. So with that, y'all can go ahead and be seated. Hey, do you guys remember when this word uh, first kind of emerged? The word is FOMO. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say FOMO? All right, if you don't know what that means, it just simply means it's an acronym. It's the fear of missing out, the fear of missing out. Now, FOMO got really bad as as social media um, emerged because everyone's posting what they're eating, where they're going, what they're doing, and then all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, I'm missing out, I'm missing out, I'm missing out. The reason I say that is I believe that Jesus makes these invitations to all of humanity, and, and if you don't know about these invitations, you're missing out. And so I don't want you to have FOMO today. And so today we're going to talk about um, what I am calling the way of invitation. That's, that's the name of our sermon today, the way of invitation. And as I said a minute ago, we're, we're looking at the different ways of Jesus. And the way of invitation is the way of Jesus. You see, Jesus invites us into a relationship with him. But what you need to know about the way of Jesus is he doesn't demand Jesus does not demand. Religion might get it wrong and religion might demand, but Jesus doesn't demand. And all throughout the scriptures, we see that Jesus only makes invitations. Not too long ago, I took my my two eldest sons. For those of you that don't know, I got three boys, a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old. My my middle child just just turned 10 on Friday. Let's give him a little birthday round of applause, my juke. He just turned 10. And then my youngest is seven. So a few years ago, I took my oldest two down to Comic-Con in downtown San Diego. And, and we had a blast, but we couldn't help but notice. And my sons couldn't help but see, you know, those, those, the, that, that, those Christian groups where they've got those signs out there at Comic-Con that are like, repent or you're going to hell. Turn or burn. You know what I mean? And, and it's just really confrontational. It's just in your face, you know. And, um, and listen, I appreciate that. I appreciate their zeal, but I do think that Jesus' way is a little different because he does make an invitation. So I want to share with you three invitations that we see Jesus making in the scriptures. The first one is an invitation to rest, an invitation to rest. Let me read a passage of scripture to you where Jesus makes this invitation for people to come and to rest in him. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out? on religion, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me, and work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll live to learn freely and lightly. This is one of my favorite invitations from Jesus because it just sounds good, doesn't it? That he's like, man, if, if, if you're tired, 
I'm going to give you rest. If you're feeling like there's the pressure of the world on your shoulders, the weight of your responsibilities are on your shoulders, hey, I'm going to put something on you that is not heavy. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you a different way of living. And truly, as we've been unpacking in this series together is we see that Jesus was always busy, but he was never in a hurry. Like, like don't, don't think for one second that, well, Jesus speaks about rest. He must have been playing a lot of Fortnite and hanging out at home and, you know. No, 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 no. Jesus was busy. All throughout the Gospels, we see a very, uh, we see a very busy Jesus, but we don't see a hurried Jesus. He, he had a pace about him that was a, a, a pace of, of rest. And it was a pace that, that though you walked with him, you never felt like you were in a rush. And, and I don't know about you, but I feel like in 2023, everything is so fast. I mean, everything is just in a hurry. Now, now unfortunately, at the house that my wife and I are living in right now, the the, the microwave broke, so it's actually forced us to slow down. I and mean, we can't even reheat our food except for on the stove. And um, it's kind of forced us to go back to Little House on the Prairie. No, I'm kidding. It's not that bad. That's my first world problem. But, you know, we, 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 we just move at such a pace that I think that when we see Jesus invites us to a life of rest. And we've been teaching on that in this series. So if you want to hear more about it, you can jump on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But let me just say this. The way of Jesus is not that we get to rest after we work. No, he invites us to do is rest before we work. The way of Jesus is you rest first, you rest in him, you, you rest in what he's done for you, and out of that, you now have the wherewithal to go and do your work. And I think for so many of us, uh, because of the American culture that we live in, it is work, 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 and you can only rest after you've worked. But the way of Jesus is I want you to rest, and out of that place of rest, then you get to go and bring your best self to your work. And so what we do here at this church is we really teach and prioritize um, spending time with God in the mornings. That's, that's, that's what rest looks like. And so, you know, the first hour of my day, I spend it in quiet time with the Lord. Why? Because then everything that flows out of that quiet time, it is now I'm working, but from a place of rest, from a place of rest. So it's different. But Jesus says, if you do this, if, if you learn to take your rest seriously, you're going to be able to have so much better energy for the work that you have to do. I'm talking about the work in your family, the work in your career, the work if you own your own business, whatever it is you need to do. I'm telling you, Lighthouse Church, if you put the rest before the work, you're going to find yourself living at a much better pace. Now, there's a second invitation that he makes. The second invitation is this, the invitation to follow. Can you all say follow? This is how I love the kids. Come on. I, we don't do family style service on a Sunday. This is like special for this day. Can we give it up for the kids who are here? Man. My parents, they got to take notes. You see how loud they got? I'm just kidding. They, but the invitation to follow, Jesus says this, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Now, this, this term follow is not like stand behind me and just like trek with me wherever I go. How many parents like have to do that with your kids? You're like, stay close, follow me. Uh, last week, my family and I, we were in New York for our fall vacation. And that was a place where my kids really wanted to go. So off we go. And, and, and you know, when you're in a big city and um, we got our three kids in tote and we're trying to make sure we get them to where they need to get to. 
Well, my youngest son decided he wanted to look at a store, and so he stops and he's looking at the window. And I catch the fact that he's no longer walking with us in the big city of New York. So I actually kind of step out out of view because I want to know how long is my son going to be window shopping before he realizes that he's no longer with his mom. So my wife kept going, and my son Jaden and Jude kept going, and, and Jackson just stayed there, just, you know, looking at the window, and he couldn't see me, and I was standing back, and it was so funny, because then when he realized, oh, he looked and he couldn't see his mom, and I saw for a split second the fear in his eyes, and, uh, and I didn't torture him. I know some of y'all would have tortured your kids, like, I didn't do that. I said, Jackson, I'm right here. Oh, and I was like, son, you got to stay with us. You know, you, you took your eye off of mom and dad. That's not really the follow that Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, follow me as in do what I do. Not trek behind me, but I want you to pattern your life after my life. And what I love about that is there are so many different religions in the world. And in a lot of those religions, God is like this deity that cannot be touched, that cannot be felt. Um, and, and, and what's different is we believe that Jesus, um, he is the son of God, but also one with the father. And, and he says, I want you to do what I do. So in other words, we can touch him, we can feel him, and we can pattern our lives after him. It's different than any other religion. And this is what makes this religion so incredible is that we get to walk and follow the ways of Jesus. And so Jesus shows us that you can follow me and that's how you're going to learn how to rest. My, my son, who's 13 years old, once he turned 13, I started an intentional path of discipleship with my son. I'm going to disciple him from the time that he's 13 to 18. And why are we doing that? Well, this is a little sidebar, but extended adolescence is a real thing in the country right now. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of young men that were never transitioned from a boy to a man. So they're just big boys. Love you all. I'm your pastor. I'm your friend. Okay, I'm just trying to help you here this morning, all right? So we got some big boys that don't want to move out. They don't want to buy a house. They don't want to, like, buy a car. I'm like, when I was 16, you know, my dad drove me to the DMV on my on my 16th birthday, he took the day off of work, and he took me to the DMV, and he gave me that look. He's like, son, you got one shot, okay? Like, <laughs> like, my dad was so sick of driving me to sports and music and youth group that, you know how some parents are like, I don't want my kid to drive. My dad was like, you better get this right and get it because I'm done being your chauffeur. Um, but there's like a, just a generation of boys who don't even want to drive anymore. I'll just Uber. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's not my generation. And so where I'm going with all of that is he's got to wake up once a week with me at 530 in the morning. And we study and pray and we go through the Bible together. When he turns 14, he'll get up twice a week. When he turns 15, you get it. By the time he's 18, he'll be getting up five days a week to spend time with both his earthly father and his heavenly father. What am I doing? I'm teaching him the ways of Jesus. And where I'm going with that is I, I don't like to share those moments very often, but one morning I did take a picture and I shared it on social media, and um, I wanted to give someone FOMO. No, I'm kidding. That's not it. Uh, I just wanted to share this moment that I was having with my son, and someone said, that's so great. You're making him a preacher. And I'm like, no, I'm teaching him to be a Christian. I just, this is what we as followers of Jesus do. We've mistaken it if we thought that's just for the pastor. No, 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 that's patterning your way after the life of Jesus. That, that's just it. And when I said that, my son, 
And I know he's listening because we just did this whole thing on prayer. My son, he overheard me talking to my wife and how I gave that little clap back about, no, this is about being a Jesus follower. My son said, yeah, Jesus got up early in the morning to pray when it was dark. And I was like, yes, he's listening to the messages. It's resonating with him. So he invites us to follow. Here's the third one, and I'm coming to the close. He invites us to abide. Abide. Can you say abide? Abide. I know this is not a word we use in 2023 very much, but this word abide has a powerful meaning. And let me just read to you the passage of scripture, and then we're going to talk about abiding. Jesus talking once again. He says, abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. So what Jesus is saying is, I want you to live a fruitful life, but that only happens when you abide in me. To abide, really, that that word just means it's the idea of desiring to stay or desiring to remain. Wanting to be with someone, not forced, but out of the desire to want to be with someone. Let me just try to explain it this way. Growing up, I had an older cousin who was like my hero. I wanted to hang out with my cousin as much as I could. And even to this day, we're, 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 we're close. And um, I just loved being with my cousin. I, I wanted to abide with my cousin. My cousin was so cool. Like he drove like this fixed up Honda Civic. Do y'all remember in the 90s when everybody was driving a Honda Civic and fixing it up? He, this younger generation don't know about that. But like, like the Honda Civic, if you got one of those suckers, I mean, that was a cool car. So he had a Honda Civic. I still remember the pina colada air freshener in his car. <laughs> I feel like I'm just letting you know how old I am. But uh, um. And he was talented. He, he, I was a musician. He was a musician. He was very talented. And, and he was even good looking. I saw how the girls liked him. I'm like, he's so cool. I mean, look at him. I know I'm kind of describing a Latin Fonzie. Anyway, that's a real old, really old. But it's like, I just wanted to hang out with my cousin. I just had this desire to always want to be with my cousin. And he was so cool because he would let me hang with him. He would take me places and let me hang out with them. And, and I loved it. He lived with us for a short period. I loved it. Best days of my life. And I think that's really what it means to want to abide. And Jesus invites us, and and, and he says, I want for you to abide with me. And when you abide with me, you're going to live not just a faithful life, but a fruitful life. And I think that's an incredible thing to live a life of fruitfulness. I mean, faithfulness is good. That makes sure you are good. But I think when you live a life of fruitfulness, now we're talking about you've got something to give away and hand out and you're able to bless other people. Faithful is about me. Fruitful is about others. And so it's incredible that Jesus said, I want you to come and live with me, abide with me. And, and you're going to live the type of life where you get to be a blessing to other people, where you get to pour into other people, where you get to just honor other people. And Jesus says, I invite you, abide with me. And I'm going to lead you into that kind of life. So as I come to a close, I, I love these invitations. The invitation to rest. The invitation to follow. The invitation to abide. I think there might be some of you here in this room right now that could use some of that. You're in here and maybe you're feeling burned out. And you're like, you know what? I, I want to know what this rest is. Or maybe you're feeling like, you know, I, I come to church, but I don't really know that I'm abiding in Jesus. And I, I want to get to that place where I... I abide in him. It's not just coming to church out of religious obligation, but I truly have a relationship with this man named Jesus, and, and it's leading me to a fruitful life, and I'm doing things that are countercultural, not for the sake of doing things to be countercultural, but I'm patterning my life after this man 
named Jesus. And I'm just seeing it bless me in all these other areas of my life. And in a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer where if you want those areas in your life, I'm going to pray for you. and Just pray that you would experience that. But recently, I had this moment where I was talking to um, one of our pastors uh, just last night and shared it with my wife prior to that. But I was, uh, I just finished coaching my son's first and second grade flag football season. Listen, gentlemen, if you ever want to grow your patience, go and coach first and second graders in flag football. That'll teach you patience real quick. Um, but I love, we had a time of our life. We were a good team. We got to the playoffs. We didn't make it, but you know, we did a, we had a great season. And uh, I was getting messages, you know, when the season's over from these parents that were just saying, I love the impact that you've had on my child. I, I, I love, you know, my, my, you've inspired my child to play. And we love what you've built. We love the team. And our parents are like, are we going to run it back? Come on, let's get everyone together again. And, and so many good feedback and, about it. And what I was sharing with my friend, with Pastor Peter, was simply this, is that, you know, before I'm a coach, I'm a pastor. That, that's who I am. And, and, and what they didn't know, what they didn't have language for, is for the first time in their life, they got close to a pastor. And they just were like, oh, he's just an extraordinary coach. No, you need to understand, I wasn't coaching on that field. I was pastoring on that field. I, I, was, I was shepherding young boys, pointing them into a, a, a direction that they should be going in. And, and I get it. You might be thinking, really, Pastor Josh, all that out of flag football? I'm telling you, you should see the messages I got from moms and dad. I had one dad say, you deserve a Nobel Peace Prize the way you got my son to listen to you because he does not listen to me. And, um, and it's really, truly the voice of a shepherd. And, and, and when you are abiding in him, you see the fruitfulness in every area of your life. So you, 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 you have fruitful relationships. You have fruitful influence. You have fruitfulness in other areas. And it's because of my proximity with Jesus. And I want that for you. I, I want for people to say of you, you're different than all the other coworkers. And I don't mean that in the way that you're weird. We don't want that. But, but you're different. What is it? Well, you're a Jesus follower. And everywhere you go, it should feel different. So with that... Um, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to give you a response. So every eye closed, every head bowed. And if, if, and I just want you to raise your hand if you need rest or if you feel like you want to follow, if you want to respond to the invitation to follow or respond to the invitation to abide. Ready? Go ahead. Hold that hand up. If rest, follow, abide. Hold that hand up for me real quick. All right, go ahead and put that down. Let me pray for you now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, you saw every hand that went up but before that hand went up, you saw their hearts. And God, I just pray for every person in this room that's responding to your invitation to rest, that's responding to your invitation to follow, or that is responding to your invitation to abide. Father, we love that through your word. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others. Or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.